Welcome. I am Aaron Giesbrecht, head QB trainer and owner of Big Air Academy, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And you are tuned in to my podcast called Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And tonight, on my 41st episode, I have Manitoba Bison's running back coach, Mr. Jeff Reddy. How's it going, Coach? Good, Coach. Thanks for having me. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for being on. I'm interested to kind of pick your brain and, and learn about learn about you. Coach, we've kind of uh, done some similar things in terms of where we've coached and, and different programs have been involved in, but never at the same place. So I'm interested mm-hmm. in hearing about your background and, and your football story today. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, cool. Well, let's kick it off here, Coach, and maybe you can just kind of I'll let my audience know about your background, your family, uh, where you grew up here, and uh, you know maybe some sports that you played before football. I grew up just north of the city, out by Bridsell Park. Two brothers and a sister. My brother Matt is a uh, police officer in Edmonton now. He also was a coach. Um, my brother Andy's in the city, and my sister is just out of town now. Uh, mom and dad together, then they split when I was about 18, but... My mom passed away right just before the pandemic happened, um, but my dad's still in the city here. And uh, yeah, and then uh, before football, I played a little bit of baseball, uh, street hockey, stuff like that. Never anything organized. That was kind of where, where it all started. Sorry to hear about your mother. Thank you, know. you. Coach, can you talk about maybe your first football memory and when did you start to play football? Well, the intent was I was going to start playing in uh, grade 10 when I went to River East. At the time, Gord Puttert was the head coach there. He'd come and I went to school at Robert Andrews and they came and did the information session. It was all good. And then just didn't work out. Um, again, living outside the city sometimes presents some challenges with right. making things work. So, you know, I took the year and then I started in grade 11 at River East, played offensive line. Yeah. First big memory was uh, probably I got into a game against Crocus Plains back when they weren't that good. Back in the day, yeah, and uh, I think I maybe got three snaps, and I laid a pretty sweet chop block on a guy, and that was the highlight of my season. So that's probably <laughs> my, my first one, anyway. Oh, that's a great memory. Um, yeah. How about um, how about afterwards? You, you end up playing for River East through grade twelve, and then moving on. Did you uh, continue to play? Yeah, so I uh, finished my grade twelve year, and then looked at some different uh, university stuff. Uh, Coach Dovey, talked to him at the Bisons, talked to uh, Coach Nil, who was at St. Mary's at the time. Right around that time, it was one of those things we just, just couldn't afford to do it that year, so I decided to take the year off and then just played uh, majors that year. And I think you were playing St. James, I think, that year, were you? Yeah. The year before the Rifles, yeah. 2001. That was the St. Uh, Mateo Mustang Super Team, Transcona amalgamated with them and were unstoppable <laughs> they cheated though yeah they always cheat <laughs> uh there's an asterisk so, stuff beside that championship that they have there yeah yeah absolutely i work with some of the guys that are were on that team and they'll tell you otherwise but we know the truth <laughs> yeah so i did that and then the rifles started during that time i was planning to go to school and then that was when my parents split up and i started working and doing all that stuff so i didn't go to school and then i ended up just playing majors um east eagles until 2003 uh, never ended up going to rifles just job and all that stuff kind of taking precedence at that time played some senior men's football helped get that program going at east side yeah that was it then retired at the young age at about 28 and left with both knees working so there you go that was probably a wise decision yeah funny actually so a couple of years ago there's a guy trying to 
senior team to play against some team from the states. Mm-hmm. I think it was St. Thomas or something that was coming up, and I'm just they're like, "Oh, you want to?" I'm like, "Man, I'm like 35. I got better things to do on a Saturday than get the shit kicked out of me by a 20 year old who works out five days a week." <laughs> Absolutely, I think uh, Coach Radlinski was trying to get me to do the same at one point. I said, "No way, Rad, man." Rad was Rad was probably playing guard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think this old body would hold up either. So I, I wasn't doing that. You know, going back to that 2001 season playing major, I remember like again playing you guys, and just uh, there was only the four teams that year, and I think we played each other all three times, and then obviously the playoffs. And I just like yeah. football. Football before like major football at that point before the rifles were here was really good, and the quality of football yeah. was really good, super competitive before social media and all that sort of stuff. So you kind of knew guys, kind of didn't. But uh, real rivalries, and I like honestly, that was probably the most fun I ever had playing football. So that's uh, yeah, that's a special year to me. It's so like it's like it's just good because it's it's kind of relaxed, right? You get you know they take it seriously, but it's a couple days a week. Yeah, everybody kind of works, and it's it's good it's good football. If some like even now, if, if guys coming out of high school can't play mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know rifles or whatever or bisons I mean, it's a great opportunity to go there and just have some fun and keep playing the game yeah absolutely totally agree back at it for second quarter action with coach geese and coach jeff reddy so coach uh, I'm interested to learn about your coaching career. You got into coaching pretty young. I'm interested. Uh, did you anticipate becoming a coach while you were still playing? Was that something that was on your mind? Not really. Uh, so I started coaching in 2002, River East. The head coach at the time was Daryl Didick, who was our offensive coordinator when I played there. One of the alumni who was doing it the year before had stepped away, so he called and said if I wanted to get into it. And I was like, yeah, okay, sounds good. You know, that was an instant love affair with it anyway. And that, but yeah, no, I, up until uh, I actually got the call I never even thought about it really just thought about playing and eventually getting to university somehow and all that stuff and then kind of change paths okay very cool so once you kind of got your feet wet coach and it was something that connected with you and you knew kind of from that point you were going to keep going with it yeah it was uh it was good and then yeah I kind of went built from there I was with River East for a while and then a few years started coaching uh club ball from there Anthem Eastside Eagles for a couple of years major team at Eastside for a bit and then took a little bit of a hiatus for a couple of years. I was working up north, and I came back, started my career in corrections, 2009. And then I ran into Jason Hawkins, who was the head coach of Kildonan East, right. who had coached me. He was one of the coaches at River East at the time when I was there. And he, he was at a Jets game. I was working at the MTS Center, and I ran into him, so we got talking. And he's like, oh, you should come. I'm at, he said, me and Diddy, Daryl Didiker at Kildonan East, that you should come, come out. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I went and helped out with Kildonan East a bit and it's kind of tough juggling that part-time correction schedule a little bit with coaching, but you know, you do what you can. And yeah, I did that, went to Sizzler for a bit and then uh, back to majors for a bit. Took me back to Kildonan East as the offensive coordinator in 2014, which was a great experience. Learned a lot. It's one of those things your first time you think you know it all, but you have no idea what you're doing, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So it's a big, big learning curve. This would have been the winter, winter time of 2015. I got a phone call from uh, Coach Carhut, who was with the Rifles at the time. Do you want to talk about me becoming to be the offensive line coach? Obviously, I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Let's talk. And then did some winter camps. He ended up hiring me. And then a short time later, he left for York. I didn't even get to coach with him uh, before he left. You know, fast forward, 
he was also the offensive coordinator. Jason Park takes over and then put everything together. And then I ended up being, becoming the offensive coordinator of the Rifles in 2015. And, you know, we had a bit of a shaky go the first couple of weeks. Steered the ship. You got guys like Michael Rashad. You can change things pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we leaned on Mike a lot. Built a decent offense around him. And then we uh, he propelled into the playoffs. Pushed the Hilltops pretty good. Unfortunately lost. Next season, there was a staffing change at the Rifles again. And Jordy took over. Headed the 2016 season. Didn't have a great year that year. And then uh, kind of moved on at the end of that season. And from there, I went and took over the provincial program for three years, the under-16s. That was some of the best experiences of my life. Like The guys I got to coach with, like Russ, you know, Russ Wallace, and Drew and Sean Oleskowicz, Nathan Weichel. I mean, those guys are they're my buddies. Like I coached. I coached Russ at major and then coached with him, coached with Drew and Sean. So we put together a good group. We had three wicked years. I got to coach Team Canada out of it. Got to be the offensive coordinator for the under-16 Team Canada team. Nice. And that was awesome. Spent a week in Texas. It's worst things you can do, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just coaching football for seven days. I'd always wanted to get on the Bisons, and I'd talk to Coach Doby after after the rifles thing happened. Just wasn't the right time. You know, time means everything with this with this game. It wasn't really anything, and Coach Carhart came back to Winnipeg from York and he got on with the Bisons and uh, we had stayed in contact the whole time and 2019 he started pushing a little bit and I applied formally to get a job somewhere I didn't even I was like I'll fill water bottles I don't care I just want to get on the staff it's been a goal of mine it worked out you know coach coach Doby brought me in I was supposed to help with running backs with Carhead at the time and then through a bunch of things happening the way that they did he moved to O-line Coach Mitchell came back, offensive coordinator. We had a, a big shuffle anyway. The entire offensive staff was... I remember going to my first vet camp as the assistant running back coach, and all of a sudden, okay, you're taking the running backs. Vaughn's taking the O-line. Ryan's taking the quarterbacks because that's all that was there. So I had you know, trial by, trial by fire. You get thrown right into it, which was good. Then the shuffle happened, and everything worked out. I ended up getting the running back spot, and I've uh, been there since 2019. Yeah, I love it. It's it's so good. I, I, I love being around the coaches, the guys, the, the team, everything. It's it's awesome to be around. Yeah, Coach, that's a remarkable career that you've had, you know, since 2002 and all the stops along the way, coaching high school, provincial team, major, uh, junior football, and now youth sports. Like, that's a tremendous, tremendous job you have of just persevering and just keep going at it. And I, I really respect that as a coach. Uh, just to kind of connect a few things, like, I as well am, uh, well, I'm a former correctional officer, but I'm in corrections. I, I still work for Manitoba Justice, uh, so we have that connection. And um, when you uh, when you left the rifles, I stepped in. And I, actually, I had kind of a similar situation where I was coming in to uh, be the assistant offensive coach or something to Jordy. Jordy was going to be the OC. And we, uh, we had some meetings over the winter and that sort of thing. And he asked me to kind of give him some ideas and whatever. And so put some stuff up on huddle and then we get into rookie camp first day and uh, he introduces me to the team as the offense coordinator. And I, I don't even know. I don't have scripts ready. Nothing like I'm like, oh, OK, I guess so. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, quickly adapt to that. But yeah, so it's a funny story, kind of the same long lines of uh, your yeah, Bison situation. But uh, yeah, no, very cool. Back at it for third quarter action with Manitoba Bison's running back coach, Mr. Jeff Reddy. So, Coach, uh, recently I've had your quarterback, your QB1, Mr. Des Cattelier, on, and also your defensive back coach, Mr. Sean Ollie. 
So, uh, you know, trying to do a little bit of bison work here for on the podcast this, this winter. Kind of gone into the process of how you got onto the bison staff and your role with the team. Um, I'd like for you to kind of talk about your running back group and, and maybe talk about each guy specifically. I know you got a kind of a, a diverse group of backs and they bring different things to the table. I'm interested in learning about that. Yeah, it's uh, it was good listening to uh, Des and Sean on here. Um, like I said, I, I played with, uh, with Sean at River East back in the day. He was, I think he's two years younger than me. Okay. But uh, he was, uh, he was really good at the time. And uh, it was funny because he would always, we were the grade 12s, right? And he got it. He wanted to hang around with the grade 12 guys. So no matter what it took, <laughs> you know, he'd ride in trunks to go for lunch, whatever it took. But, uh, yeah. and then uh, Des, like, man, Des is, the leadership on that guy is something else. Like he's going to do great things in this life on and off the field. He's somebody that people are going to follow. So, and then I'm in with my backs. Like, so in 2019, I got, I'd never coached running backs. Obviously I was an offensive line guy and did some coordinating obviously. But when I got that job, I reached out to uh, Neville Scarlett, who was, I was with the uh, rifles and Nev, uh, Nev had a pretty big impact on me, my time there, even after like, I mean, you coach with Nev, I mean, he yeah. was, the best and it's been two years now since we lost them and i'd be sitting there on a saturday with my newborn and all of a sudden get a facetime it's just nev he just wants to see my kid and shoot the shit and you know give me some father advice and all that stuff he didn't even talk about football he was just he was just the best but reached out to him as soon as i got that job and you know what do i got to do and how do i do this and so he gave me some really good advice and kept in touch with him throughout obviously i don't know if i would have been able to accomplish what I've accomplished with that group without without him and just even now I still just go okay if I'm struggling with something it's like what would Nev do like how would how would Nev deal with this right so so that first year it was intimidating right like you know I got Michael Rashad, Victor St. Pierre, Logan Fisher like we're talking like PFC royalty at the running yeah. back position here right no kidding I'm just trying to put it together and not look like an idiot and I'm sure I did at some points but uh but, you know, we, we did okay. And then we had the, the pandemic off season. So I was like, okay, how am I going to hit this? And how am I going to approach this? So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to teach these guys from an offensive line's perspective. If I can help them understand what the offensive line is doing, it's going to make them better, right? Mm-hmm. And understand why things are happening the way that they're happening. So I kind of went in that approach. It seemed to really help. You know, we spent the pandemic year once or twice a week as a group, just virtually meeting and watching film and going through things. Came into the season, we got uh, Victor back. Mike came back. They were both had good seasons. Victor got banged up near the end. It's sometimes challenging having a stable of, you know, five really good running backs and only a few spots to try, especially on travel days. Yeah. So, um, I mean, those guys speak for themselves. They're great leaders. They work hard. Um, but our young guys coming up now, I'm super excited about them too. Like Braden Stubbs, you know, second year guy, he got a shot this year. It was one of those things in camp. I remember having to talk with him about, because he was also very important on our special teams. Just talking to him and saying, okay, Stubbs, you were going to limit your reps offensively because you have so much to do on special teams. We don't want to overwhelm you. He took advantage of every opportunity he got and, you know, he, he forced me to increase his playing time, which is what you want from your guys. You know, give me, give me the reason why. Don't tell me, don't tell me you deserve it. Show me why you, you, you've earned it. Right. So Stubbs worked his way up and I like, you know, he started as number three, taking one every, you know, fourth series and he was starting by the end of it. Vic gets banged up at the end of the season. Noah Anderson, who we recruited in the pandemic year from BC, he comes in, gets his shot and he just, rips it up and he was a sponge the whole 
you know, camp. He moved here. We ran like a quasi mock, you know, training camp throughout what would have been our season in 2020. Right. And he actually came here from BC, moved here, you know, moved on the res. He's another guy like, so going into this season, we got him and Stubbs. They're both super dynamic. They can make guys miss. They're powerful. They're very similar in what they do. Beyond that, we got like Ishii Matanga. I've known Ishii since he was 15, I guess. I had him at under 16. I, I love that kid. He's such a hard worker. And the stuff that he did on our scout team last year, like people are just like, hold, like he's so close. Like he's, he's really good. And we got uh, Dre Blair from uh, BC as well, you know, working. So we got four guys right now. I'm sure we'll bring a couple other guys in. You have a bit more than four running backs, you know, just to, for depth purposes, if nothing else. Well, they all bring something different, but uh, I'm really excited to see what they do coming into this season. The sky's the limit for those guys. They all put in the work. They're all willing to work hard. They listen. They take the coaching. And then even just, like, just being really good guys. Like, I don't, I want to call them kids. They're young to me. I was joking. Like, Stubbs just turned, I can't remember he turned 20 or 21. And I did the math and I'm like, man, I was, I was already working at a bar for one year when you were like two years old, right. you know, I'm just like, like, I'm not even that old yet, but it's like, these kids make me feel old. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I just put a message out. We got our bison prep camp coming up starting this weekend. And I'm yeah. like, Hey, who wants, like, can you guys come help out? And all three of them, Noah's back in the city, uh, Dre's still in BC, but all three of them are like, yep. What do you need? How much, what time, when do you need me there? Nice. So be nice to have those guys out too. But yeah, I'm super excited to see what they can do this, this coming year. You have a tremendous group. I was fortunate to coach Michael Rashad at the Rifles as you were. And then obviously this past year um, or the past couple of years at the Bisons. And he is like the most electrifying running back I've ever worked with. Like he can just make yeah. something happen out of nothing and uh, yeah. completely change the the game. And, and I know from watching your games a little bit this year that you know, some of the big runs he has and just key times, his returns at times, like yeah. phenomenal player. And uh, it was funny. We, um, we, when we went into that, uh, that snow game against U of A this year, yeah. Mike, he, uh, the week before he'd struggled, he put the ball on the ground a couple times. He had a bad week. And I told him, I'm like, listen, man, it's the same thing that I did with Stubbs at the beginning of the season. It's your third in the rotation this time. And we gotta, we gotta go with Stubbs and we gotta go with Noah cause they're killing it. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to, uh, on the sideline and I know like, I, I mean, you'd coach Mike, nothing gets him more fired up than being challenged. Yeah. So I'm just, I said to, you know, Corey Walbauer, I was like, Oh, Mike's number three in the rotation today. I cut his reps and he's like, Oh, I'm like, he's going to go off today. He's like, Oh yeah, it's going to be something. And then he just went in and then, you know, explodes for a couple big runs as a yeah. couple big plays. And then he came off the sideline. He's like, did I hear my reps back? I'm like, you sure did Mike. Let's go. <laughs> Mike's a good dude. I actually, uh, yeah. our kids go to the same daycare. So yeah. I, uh, I ran into him a few weeks ago and, uh, yeah, great guy. I, I like Mike. Tremendous a lot. dad too. Yeah. Just tremendous. Just, he's, that's another guy. Just, he's going to be a tremendous young man. He's, he's such a good guy mm-hmm. and he's going to be a great father. Absolutely. Coach, the, the name of the podcast today is keep pressing. That's sort of a motto that you have for your backs that you, uh, you kind of go by. I'm interested. What is, what does keep pressing mean to you? Do you remember the Raider play, right? It's mm-hmm. chase the B gap, right? Chase the B gap, don't cut up early. I kind of changed it a little bit this year with just keep pressing because we want to get that linebacker to move and then getting them to understand if we cut up early, we don't move that linebacker so that our, our combo block can come off and take him over. Mm-hmm. If we cut up early, we kind of screw ourselves, right? So 
I would just keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing. And then, I mean, we talked about what my other model is, but you know, uh, <laughs> I like that one too. <laughs> yeah. The, the, don't be shitty. Right. So, um, but we, we thought it'd be inappropriate for the, the title, but yeah. I thought I was thinking about it and it was just like, yeah, like keep pressing. It just, it translates to life, right? Like mm -hmm. if you cut up early, you take the early cuts and you, you know, take the early stuff that's in front of you you're going to get burned sometimes, right? It's not going to always work out. Sometimes you'll sneak through and you'll make a big play or whatever, but most times that guy's going to get you. So that's what it means to me. And that's why I like it. Just, and it, it's, it's good because it, it's, it's a life lesson. It's a coaching point. So no, I can really, time together. That's really good. I like that coach. I like the insight into that. And I also like, don't be shitty. Yeah, um, don't be shitty. I got a credit coach, Corey Waldauer with that one, but <laughs> I, I use it more than he does. <laughs> Too funny. Okay, coach, can you talk a little bit about this past season in 2021, just overall how your team did and, and maybe what you're looking for in terms of 2022? I can't say enough about that locker room. Like it's so fun just going to practice every day and being around those guys like that, the players, I mean, the chemistry that those guys have with each other, the respect that they have for each other, our coaches room, the same thing. Like we all get along, we have fun together when it's business it's business, but it's, we can, we all get along really well. There's no infighting. That's rare. Yeah. Right. Like it was, it's, it's enjoyable. Like, I mean, obviously you have disagreements and for sure. you'll bicker. I mean, you spend that much time with anybody and it's going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So by and large, you know, we work really, really well together. Um, I guess like offensively, I mean, we have we have an offensive staff group chat like we we talk to each other through the off season you know we joke around stuff like that yeah i mean it just translated onto the field last year it's just everybody just believed in each other you know when 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 things got tough you know it's i mean it's well documented you know we started with des with third quarter game one you know mm -hmm. me goes out right you know everybody we could have we could have thrown in the towel but everybody rallied behind jackson we like, no nope, we got this we're good Obviously, you know, we lost, we lost Scott, you know, Coach Nyox. Right. That was tough. But again, like everybody just rallied and it was like, no, I remember we were getting ready for practice the day that it happened. And uh, somebody was just like, we got to snap out of this because he wouldn't want us acting like this. We, he'd want us on the field and mm -hmm. doing what we do. And everybody just, I guess it, it just, you just rallied. And you know, you go to the game, and we put a pretty good whoop on, pretty good whooping on U of A, and it just carried the whole season. It didn't matter what we faced; it was never too big, and you know, there was no fighting on the sidelines and stuff like that. It was it was super good to be around and a lot of fun. And I mean, going into this year, I mean, you talk about the group we have back. We got a good chunk of our vets back. You know, we'll see what happens with, I mean, hopefully, you know, Dez's, Dez's knee heals up appropriately and he can come back and, mm -hmm. you know, we can we can have some competition at the quarterback position. I mean, competition, you know, is going to make those guys better. Yeah, and what a QB room you guys have right now. Yeah, I mean, you can't say enough. It's uh, every one of those guys. It's uh, it's it's great. And, it, and they just they just lead that team so well. All of them. And, you know, you talk about our, like I talked about our running backs. They're a special group. We've got so many good receivers coming in. And, like, offensive line, like, we recruited we recruited a lot of offensive linemen this year. But you can't say enough about the work that our group from last year is putting in in the gym. There's guys who have already, they've changed the way they eat. They've changed the way they work out. And you can tell already. So, I mean, that's huge. I mean, we already have, and we have defensively, we have a super good defense with, again, a super good uh, 
tight group and a, a very tight knit staff on that side. So I feel really good. I mean, I, I, after last year, I kind of have that feeling that you can throw anything at the Bisons and we're going to push through it. You know, we're going to come out the other end one way or the other, you know, but you're not going to break us. So I, I have a lot of good expectations for this season. I'm excited about it. Just referencing, you know, obviously you got so much talent there and, and going back to your quarterback room, there, there's so much local talent there, which is pretty impressive and kind of a change for the Bisons. Um, another guy that you have, you had in that group this year that was hurt as well is, is a guy really close to me, Riley Nyox, who obviously yeah. is Scott's brother. And, uh, yeah. you know, recently I, I've, I've seen uh, both Riley and Brendan at uh, DJ LaLama Social. And then I ran into them this weekend. I was out at the Rifle uh, Rookie Camp a little bit and talking to them. And, you know, like, the stuff that that family's gone through in this year with, with losing Scott is, is is pretty hard. And I know for myself, yeah. like being close to them, I, it's hard for me to even talk to them about it. But, uh, yeah. but you guys did a really good job with your program kind of uh, kind of playing for him on that day and, and, you know, getting a big win and then just kind of maybe, you know, a little bit taking your season and, and trying to, trying to make him proud. Right. And I thought that was really cool. And, and I really respect that. And Scott was a good dude. I didn't know him super well, but I actually was able to have the three brothers on the podcast last year. And I got to know Scott a little bit through that and tremendous yeah. guy and good football mind. Yeah. yeah. I only knew him. I only met him through coaching at the Bisons. And I mean, even now, um, you know, I go, I'll go to the, the coach's room and we still have his locker, mm -hmm. you know, his picture's still in there and all that stuff. And, you know, it's he's he's still he's still definitely part of it. Back at it for fourth quarter action with Coach Gies and Coach Jeff Reddy. So, Coach, this has been a super busy last couple of weeks in the NFL. A bunch of signings and trades happening. Uh, you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, so I'm pretty sure that you're pretty happy with Tom Brady coming out of retirement and uh, going to come back for another season. Is this year 23? Is that right? Some of that, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. phenomenal. What uh, you? I think I think I know the answer to this, but do you think he's going to be fired up and motivated to uh, try and get another Super Bowl after getting knocked off by the Rams? You can tell he's that competitive fire is there. And I should preface, like I told you before, but I'm a lifelong Bucks fan, not the last two years. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm also a Michigan fan, so okay, uh, nice. and I've actually liked Michigan longer than Tampa Bay. So Tom Brady's, you know. I've known about him for a while. Yeah, I saw he posted a video today. He's working out with Julian Edelman. So it's going to be interesting to see if Julian comes out too. Oh. Try to take one more run. That'd be really yeah, I'm super jacked. I think he's jacked. I think uh, I'm excited. It'd be nice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, I've had a love-hate relationship with Brady for years. Just, just I, I hate that he just kept beating on my Steelers and, and went in the AFC. But yeah. now as he gets older and as the year, pretty much since he's gone to Tampa Bay, I've actually kind of switched back. And now, I'm, you know, I, you can't do anything but admire how good of a quarterback he is and how he plays and how he keeps his body uh, at that age. And yeah. And, you know, another big one that happened last week was the, the trade of Devontae Adams going to Las Vegas Raiders from the Packers. That was kind of, to me, a little bit of a shock. Uh, mm -hmm. What effect do you think that has on the Raiders and him leaving the Packers? Truth be told, I despise the Packers. My wife is a Packers fan, <laughs> so I was dancing in the streets when they traded Devontae Adams, <laughs> uh, just purely out of spite. I don't know how they recover from that. Like, I mean, he's arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Right. You don't just replace that guy probably see the internet you can see all the jokes about how they're going to use that draft pick on a, another quarterback <laughs> to replace Aaron Rodgers right but right. um I think it hurts them a lot and I don't know what happened and they talked that 
the Packers offered him that much money and he said no. Mm -hmm. and, but who knows, right? But I know Aaron Rodgers got a lot of cash and that had to have an effect on something. And I mean, the Raiders, I mean, no idea, but that's that's Derek Carr's boy, right? Mm -hmm. The Fresno State together. Yeah, I didn't know that either. No, I had no clue. The Raiders were right on the cusp, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they had a pretty good run at the end of last year and if they can keep it together, that could be that could be something. You know, they're, they're no slouch. No, not at all. That's a competitive AFC West, but uh, yeah, getting Devontae, you're right. I think he's the best receiver in the game right now. It's going to be a huge loss for the Packers. And and you got to think that uh, that Aaron Rodgers' contract and getting all that money had something to do with that, I think. Um, it has to. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, how about, how about this one? This is kind of weird. Deshaun Watson gets a boatload of money, guaranteed money, gets traded yeah. to the Browns while he's still sort of in legal trouble. Do you think this is going to cause some bad karma on the Browns, or do you think he's his talent like outweighs his reputation? It was wild. I always thought he was still under contract. Yeah. So I was like, what do you mean they give him a new contract? Right. Like, he hasn't played in the year. You gave him $230 million guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've, I, I, I think he's awesome. He's really good. Yeah. But I mean, you're, you know, you're really risking it all if things go bad. Like, yeah, he's not getting indicted, but I mean, He's still before the courts with these civil suits. I mean, I don't think it's a very good look. But, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it would have been an easier thing to swallow if they didn't back the, the, Brinks, the Brinks truck up for him. Yeah. You know, if they go, okay, we're well, going to stick on this deal and we'll see how things play out. But, yeah, okay, you know, you still may get suspended for an entire year, but uh, we're going to bring you in. So, but then I think you might know this, but somebody was saying that his first year of his deal is only a million dollars. In case yeah. he gets suspended. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, it seems kind of fishy and maybe not, maybe not the best kind of situation. So, I mean, I mean, I hope uh, whatever the truth is comes out. If he did those things, then he deserves what he gets. If he didn't, then eventually it'll be, if he, if he brings a Super Bowl to Cleveland, then eventually if, you know, if he's found exonerated from what he's done mm -hmm. i mean people in cleveland will forget about it if they win eventually right yeah. as long as he didn't do what he allegedly did yeah absolutely and and i think both of us you know working in justice that sort of thing it's hard it's a hard pill to swallow you know you just like yeah. again i i i loved the guy previous to this whole situation tremendous talent uh, i loved him at clemson and all he did there for Dabo and just, just a great QB, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And the fact that he went to the so Browns, so he's, he's in my division with the Steelers. I'm like, nah, I don't like this. So, yeah, for sure. But like you said, it's like, especially with that justice background, it's hard to separate it. You're just kind of yeah. like, ah, are you a complete piece of shit, or yeah. are you, uh, you know, like, did you, you know? So, we'll see how it pays out. He can definitely buy a lot of uh, massages with all that money he got. <laughs> yeah, no build, no build. <laughs> Um, okay. How about today? Uh, we got Matt Ryan gets traded from the Falcons to the Colts. Do you think that that's a good fit for Matt Ryan and the Colts? I mean, as a Bucks fan, I love it, but the, 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 the Falcons stink. Yeah, they do. You know, I mean, they signed Marcus Mariota right after that, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. To be their, you know, the successor. Um, I mean, the other thing that's beneficial for Matt Ryan is again, Indy's a super, Indy's another really good team. He's got a good offensive line. Good back. And they have, again, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's unbelievable, right? Um, but they have a boatload of cap money, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I saw uh, Darius Leonard tweeting at uh, Julio, you know, just saying, 
you know, you do what you want to do, but just saying, we got your boy here. Right. You know, so, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see how that fails. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't pay too much attention to the Colts. I don't know what really happened with Carson Wentz, but I mean, obviously it didn't work out great and uh, they moved on. But I think, I think Matty Ice has still got some good, good game in him and I'm happy he's out of the NFC South. No, I think, I think it's a great fit for him. Philip Rivers a couple years ago goes to the Colts and had a pretty good year with Frank, Frank Wright and, He's maybe less, he probably had less ability than what Matt Ryan still has left in the tank. So Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, being a a pocket quarterback and being able to lean on that run game and having a great old line, Matt Ryan will probably have a great season there with the Colts. I think it's a great fit. Coach, just to end off today, I like to ask everybody the same question. Who is your favorite quarterback of all time and why? Well, the easy answer is to say Tom Brady, Um, but I'm not going to do that just because people have a lot to say about that. You know, Brad Johnson? Yeah, I thought about saying Brad Johnson. <laughs> Just We talked about this earlier. I really loved watching Doug Flutie mm-hmm. back in the day. Like what he did in the CFL. I can still remember watching that great cup against Edmonton in that snowstorm yeah, when he was with the Argos. Game. You know, like he was so fun to watch. I mean, Anthony Calvillo, mm-hmm. you can't say enough good things about him. I mean, Gahari Jones' his time in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. you know, in the early 2000s. And as much as I, you know, he could be kind of a come across as I guess kind of cocky or whatever. Mike Riley was unbelievable too, right? Yeah. Like he was so good. He was fun to watch. He knew he was always going to be dangerous. But yeah, I'd say probably Flutie overall. He changed the game for small quarterbacks. He was such a good fit in Canada, right? With the big field yeah. and all the way he could extend plays. Like he really at that time was like Michael Jordan of the CFL, right? Like he could do yeah. no wrong and he, you know, he goes to Toronto and they're terrible and then they win yeah. the Grey Cup with him. And yeah, yeah. I, I like the reference of that game against the Eskimos. Uh, I remember the Eddie Brown catch off the leg, right, from Danny Mack. Danny Mack yeah. was one of my favorites. So yeah, I, that, was, that was a great, great cup. Oh, yeah, Danny Mack, yeah. And, um, you know, you think what you could still today, like what would have happened if Buffalo stuck with Flutie in that playoff game instead of going to Rob Johnson. Who knows? Who you know, knows? Maybe they don't maybe they don't lose and maybe they have a Super Bowl run. It could have could have easily but happened, I agree. You know yeah. what's one of the other things as 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 a offense coordinator type that we both are is like I often think about like if Doug Flutie ran the zone read. Yeah. If that was around back then, like, you know, what he could have done yeah. with that, like tremendous. Yeah. Oh yeah, he just needed to run into Rich Rodriguez a little bit earlier. Yeah. Did you ever read the story about how that started the zone read? No, not at all. Tell me. It was a complete accident. Okay. I was reading a book on, I can't remember which book it was. I think it was, um, this guy wrote a book about the Rich Rodriguez experiment at uh, Michigan. And they were telling him about how the zone read started. And basically, the quarterback fumbled the snap. I think he was, was he at Appalachian State or Montana or something like that, wherever he was. He bobbled the snap. And then the tackle, missed. he missed, mixed up his block and he left the end. Mm-hmm. So then... Anyway, the running back comes across, the quarterback yanks the ball, and then the quarterback takes off. Right. And they're like, what'd you do? He's like, well, the guy like, like fumbled the ball a little bit, and then the end chased the running back, so I just took off. Mm-hmm. And then the zone read was born. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Cool. That's a great story, Coach. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, Coach, I want to thank you for being on tonight. It's been awesome to connect with you and kind of learn about your football background and tell your football story and, and all things bison football. It's been Pretty cool. I hope you enjoyed your time tonight. Yeah, man. Thanks very much for having me. It's been great. No problem. I want to thank the audience who's listening as well. I got more great guests coming your way, and I hope everybody has a great night. Take care.